0: Welcome to Keeping Afloat, Episode 3. It's Kabir, your cruise director, and I work on a cruise ship, and together we have the chance to see the world and go through some amazing experiences. This is the story of my life at sea and just trying to keep afloat. Now remember to check out my real life, up to date Instagram at cruise director Kabir and www.cruiseddirectorkabir.com. Just a quick disclaimer, the views expressed in this show are mine and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. Also, the names of the characters in this story have been changed from their original ones. Right now I am standing on the pier looking up at this beautiful ship, my ship, that I am about to take over on. I'm here in Stavanger, Norway, it's gorgeous. And uh, you can hear that there's a ferry boat that's next to me, it's just carried people from the other side of town, uh, and it's just beautiful. Now, it is a little bit cold, because the ship is in Norway, but I'm also in a handover period. And what that means is basically I'm observing the current cruise director of the ship for two weeks, and then I take over at the end of this cruise. And it turns out that the cruise director that I'm taking over from worked for the same cruise line as me in the past, and we know all the same people. And not only that, we get on so well. It's like having a long lost friend. And that's the beauty of this job. I'm literally in Norway, I've seen the Northern Lights, I've made such good friends, but not only that, I've swapped stories about our experiences and just had an amazing time. Plus, being able to confide in someone who gets a job and knows what it's like is huge. This is a very unconventional career, and sometimes that makes a job very lonely. But 99% of the time, it's the best job in the world. Getting to lead a team, develop that team, and bring joy to people is incredible. And I know it's cheesy, but it's true. It's all about the relationships that you build. But you don't remember people for what they wear or what they look like. You remember them for the way that they make you feel, which is the part of the story that we're at right now. So let's get to it. My first week on board was mainly filled with trainings and very, very busy days. On top of that, it was weird waking up in total darkness because my cabin didn't have a window. It was an inside crew cabin and I'd never had an inside cabin before. Now, it's funny, I always resisted it when my dad offered to give my brother and I an inside cabin and we'd have our own room and then my parents would have a balcony cabin. Now, I was silly because I'd rather be in a balcony all the time. I couldn't even imagine being in an inside cabin. But then the four of us would be crammed in one cabin instead. Now, legally, we can't even put four crew members in a room anymore, so overall, that was just a very silly decision. Anyway, back to the story. I tried to avoid disturbing my roommate, and in doing that, I did make a few falls from the top bunk. Now, it is tradition on the ship that whoever comes to the room second is on the top bunk, just because it's more inconvenient. And I did fall down a couple times because I missed a rung on the ladder, and it backfired because... He totally woke up when I hit the ground. Now most of the time, Pablo stayed in his girlfriend's room, which was a win, so I had it to myself. And as I said before, the first week is full of training sessions and just trying to get to know the job anyway. The trainings that I had to do are impossible to get out of, especially if you've never worked on a ship before. They ranged from being about company policies like guest interaction and harassment, all the way to safety and security. And they make it very clear you cannot sleep with guests under any circumstances now this is an interesting subject because back in the day it was fully allowed and in fact encouraged now it's absolutely banned but it's not because it's illegal or there's some sort of maritime law this is just a commonplace policy amongst cruise lines some say it's to do with lawsuits but who really knows what happened there what i do know Is that it was allowed until the early 2000s and it was literally just like on the love boat now on the bright side fraternizing with other crew is permitted but in my mind I thought this is more of a liability because then you've got to live with the other person and if things don't work out then it gets messy because you live with the same people anyway there were safety trainings uh, and those were actually really cool and then there were trainings about security on board like how to launch a lifeboat life rafts and such And they were serious. This cruise line was very safety oriented. Now they were also very, very clear about not throwing waste overboard and sustainability. It was draining to go through so many trainings in a series of three or four days. But in the end, I finished 99% of what I needed to do. Claire, the activity manager, was really good about making sure that I wasn't overwhelmed. And I had come to know that this was actually her final cruise before she went on holiday and she'd be headed to another ship that way she could be with her husband who was a cook on board so I totally get it but it was beautiful to see that. I loved working with her because she managed to give me a lot of time off that cruise just so I could get acclimated. Now that also allowed me to get off the ship for the very first time on my own when we were in Grand Cayman. As I've said before on the show, I've done many cruises before, and one of my favorite ports in the Caribbean is Grand Cayman in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, I've been there before, but never on my own. In fact, the last time that I was here was six weeks ago on the cruise with my family, and being there on my own was daunting. It made me feel good that I could see other crew members for the ship that were out and about the island too. And they're easy to spot. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they look like they're on a mission or it could be an age thing uh, because most members of the crew are younger than the guests and sometimes they dress up a little bit more than they should. But for whatever reason, I found it very easy to spot fellow crew members. Now I spoke to my friend, Angie the one who's the cruise director and got me the job that I'm currently in, she recommended a place called Guy Harvey's. Apparently they had the best conch fritters ever, and boy did they. That also came with a lovely hefty price tag. And it was amazing to sit there beside the ocean and look out and see all the ships in a line. I just thought to myself how lucky I was in that moment to be there, in Grand Cayman, at this beautiful restaurant. But being crew means that after a big lunch and a drink, you don't just get to sleep it off and do whatever you want that evening. I had to head back on board and prepare for my very first 70s disco party. Dale, the cruise director, wanted to throw a 70s disco party. Now, I thought this was weird because of the branding of the cruise line. From what I understood, we were modern, elegant, sophisticated, forward-thinking. Everything but cheesy. Like getting dressed up in dollar store costumes cheesy. A 70s disco party is the definition of cheesy. Now, don't get me wrong, I love 70s music, but the concept seemed off-brand to me. And as the cruise director you're the brand ambassador so i was surprised that dale wanted to do it and mind you i was new to the company claire said we needed to do it so i didn't argue i got dressed up in a vest and a construction hat and danced on the stairs in the atrium and as we danced along to night fever claire had the music turned down and introduced dale the audience cheered a little and dale did some disco moves he was wearing this oversized black and white 70s suit And then after a minute, he ripped off the bottoms to reveal a very, very skimpy set of shorts. Then he ripped off the top half of the suit. And that was a sight to see. Apparently, Dale was extremely fit. It was refreshing and frankly surprising. By this point, the audience is screaming and I couldn't help but look around and be amazed. I remembered the year before, or even the cruise that I was on seven weeks ago and thought, wow, I was one of those people watching this show. Now I'm on the other side. And in that moment, I was in awe of the fact that I was the one that brought myself there and I was having a great time. The following night, was The Love and Marriage Show. Now this is a cruise ship staple. The one where you get three couples on stage and then in one round the women leave, the cruise director asks all sorts of weird questions about the husbands, then the husbands leave and the cruise director asks all sorts of questions about the wives and then they match up the answers. Now I've seen a number of them and they always end up being a huge laugh. In Dale's version, Each partner had to do a series of challenges. And as a result, it was a full team operation. So Claire, Charlie and I were all on the schedule for it. The show started and Charlie looked like he was on the edge of his seat. He looked at me, fear in his eyes and said, listen to me and it'll go off without a hitch. And I learned very quickly why he was worried. In one of the rounds, the husbands had to draw their wives to the best of their ability. Obviously they were bad. Well, when the wives came back on stage, I had to help to bring the easels and the drawings on stage again. I messed up and there was this 10 second delay with me bringing one of the easels out. And the look that Dale gave me was like, there must have been fire coming out of his eyes. And at the end of the show, he stormed backstage, looked at me and kind of half yelled slash talked. What was that? I was stunned. So I said, I'm sorry, it was my first time. And he calmed down a little bit and then looked at Claire and kind of aggressively said, let's make sure we go over this with him because a delay on stage is not acceptable. Then he half-heartedly thanked us and left. And this just left me feeling weird because I don't know if he realized it or not, but that was the first time I ever spoke to him directly. And he did kind of thank us, but it left me feeling afraid to speak to him and just thinking about poor leadership overall. And to be honest, I didn't really converse with him much anyway, or much after that. The time finally came to say bye to Claire. I waited at the gangway in Fort Lauderdale until it was time for her to go. Working with her was amazing, even if it was only for seven days. And I think a fair part of that was just simply having a familiar face to help guide me through that treacherous first week. The new activity manager, Mario, was already on board, according to Claire. And I wasn't scheduled to be working until later in the evening, but I went to go by the office just to say hi. Mario was five foot five, tall, thin, and from Mexico. And he had a slight accent when he said hi and shook my hand. And as far as first impressions go, he was really kind. We made small talk for a bit, and I decided to head ashore in Fort Lauderdale for the first time. And that evening, we jumped right in with new and updated schedules. Mario was a lot more of a presenter than Claire was. His accent made him endearing, and his persona was a lot more energetic. And that evening, after the welcome aboard shows were over, Mario, Charlie, and I headed to the ship's staff bar. I was still 20 at the time and couldn't drink, but Mario was quick to hand me a whiskey and a soda. I wasn't much of a drinker anyway, but had a sip just to be agreeable. Within about 30 minutes, Mario had three more drinks, and I couldn't believe how chatty he got to Charlie and I. And one thing he said astounded me. Apparently, Dale wanted to work with Mario rather than Claire, so Claire's contract was suddenly shortened to make way for Mario, hence his arrival. And I could tell there were definitely going to be changes from the relaxed style that I'd gotten used to with Claire. During my second cruise, I ended up becoming friends with a member of the spa team. And it turns out that on turnaround days, the spa needs models to demonstrate their treatments like facials, massages, etc., And that way, guests who are on spa tours can see the treatments happening and hopefully sign up for some throughout the cruise. It's all marketing. And of course, I jumped at the chance to get a free facial. So there I am in the spa on the facial bed during turnaround day. Everything is going well. Guests are coming in on tours. And suddenly, I feel a vibration in my pocket. And it's my ship phone ringing. And I bet that it's Mario trying to get a hold of me. So I go to answer the call and the facialist says, I really wouldn't do that if I were you. My manager is going to be so upset that you're interrupting the demo. I really didn't care at that point. At the end of the day, I was doing them a favor and my manager was calling me. So of course I answered the call and I was met with a very frustrated Mario yelling, asking where wristbands were for tonight's welcome aboard show. And every time he did that and spoke that way on the phone, my heart raced genuinely. I thought it was the end of the world. But luckily this time, he found them and hung up in the middle of him yelling. The facialist just calmly said, don't look up. She's staring us down. Well, when someone says don't look up, you're going to look up. And I locked eyes with a middle-aged Indian woman with a black eyeliner. And she looked furious. And fabulous. Like some sort of fashionista. Equally as terrifying. Clearly, I had stepped in it. But all I did was lay back and continue the facial demo. I just made a mental note. That woman is scary. Never speak to her ever. Thank you so much for checking out episode three of Keeping Afloat. In an upcoming episode, I'd like to answer some listener questions, so please be sure to send me your questions on Instagram or through the Cruise Director Kabir Facebook page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. As for the story, so far, the first couple of cruises were definitely the hardest, but I got through it. Now the adjustment with Mario in charge, that got interesting. And as for Kajal, the spa director that you just heard of, you'll have to tune in to find out how that goes. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. Talk to you soon.